Well, good morning, everyone. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, I'm Erin Mayalki, and I'm the REACH Director here at New Life, and I'm really glad that you're here this morning. And actually, I'm really glad you're here this morning because we lost an hour of sleep, so I'm super impressed with all of you. Um, yesterday, we had our New Life Students Girls Retreat here, and I just want to tell you all a little bit about it because it was just really special. Just as I believe that each of you are here today for a reason, I know that each of those girls was there yesterday for a reason. And to be able to see these girls and to have people speaking truth and speaking life into them and seeing God working in each of them was just amazing. And I know that he's going to do the same thing with each of you. And it's just, it's such a blessing to get to be a part of that and, and to see God working within each of you, to see God working within new life and just that anticipation of what he's doing and what he's up to and how he's going to use each and every one of us. So I really am glad that you're here today. And today we are wrapping up our generosity series We've already discussed what it means to be generous with our time, with our talent, with our treasure, and today we're going to talk about what it means to be generous with our touch. Um, and I kind of feel like I don't need to say this, but I kind of feel like I need to say it, that you know, I'm going to be saying touch a lot, and when I say touch, obviously I mean appropriate touch, um, but there's always that one person that you have to clarify it with, so we're talking about hugs, you know, an arm around the shoulder, just a, a hand on the arm. Um, so the thing is, when it comes to touch, aside from talking about money, talking about touch is probably the T of the four T's, time, talent, treasure, touch, that makes people the most uncomfortable. Because when it comes to touch, you know, whether it's the fear of offending people, of getting in trouble, or just our touch not being wanted, touching people is just not something that we do. Um, but despite that, I'm really excited to share with you why we need to share our touch and how we can be generous with our touch. But before we do that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for each person that's here today to hear your word, Father. And Lord, I just, I wanna thank you for the beautiful sunrise this morning, Father. You know, that as we're, as we're talking about touch, what a touch from you, what a reminder of your presence and that you're here. And so Father, I just, I thank you that, that you have touched each and every one of us. And I just pray, Father, that for each person here, Lord, that we would open our hearts today, we would open our minds, that we would receive the work that you are trying to do within us so that we can be generous with the gifts that you have given us, Father. Give us your hearts, give us hearts of generosity so that we can go out into this world making a difference, and allowing each person that we encounter to encounter you, Father. And we just love you and we praise you in your son Jesus' name. Amen. So did you know that there are over 7 trillion nerves in the human body? I didn't know that until I did a Google search. And when I did the Google search, I also came across this meme, and I thought of a few people here that might appreciate it, and it said, the human body has seven trillion nerves, and some people manage to get on every single one of them. <laughs> and you know who those people are. 
But on a more serious note, this shows us that, that God created us with the intent for us to touch and be touched. I mean, skin is the biggest organ on our bodies, and when we receive good, wanted touch, our bodies release this chemical called oxytocin, and this is the, the feel-good hormone that they call it, and it causes us to strengthen bonds. It can reduce fear and anxiety. It's one of the reasons why when a little baby is born that the doctors recommend skin-to-skin -skin contact, just because there's so many benefits between the baby and the mother. And it's also a reason why we should hug the people that we love, because it creates those bonds between us. You know, and if you can manage to hug someone for at least six seconds, your body releases this combination of oxytocin and serotonin at their highest levels. So the next time you hug someone, just kind of silently count to yourself, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, and you'll get all those benefits. Of a touch, it also aids in our sleep, it aids in our digestion, it builds our immune systems, it can help us fight infections, and all kinds of other positive things. But when we don't get enough physical touch, it can have negative consequences on our health. Our bodies, they, they get more stressed, and when our bodies are stressed, it produces a chemical called cortisol, which is bad. And that can cause your heart rate to go up, your blood pressure to go up, your breathing rate to go up. It can lead to a greater risk of infection. If you already have uh, pre-existing medical conditions, it can make them worse. So if this is you, you need a hug. And these are just some of the physical reasons why touch is needed. And there's emotional reasons as well. And I can speak personally to this because my love language is physical touch. This is how I give and receive love. And some of you might be the same way. If you love us, hug us. And some of you might be the opposite. You don't want anyone to touch you. If we love you, don't hug you, right? But for those of you non-huggers, there's people in your lives that that's, that's how they feel your love. They need your hug. They need your touch. And you can be generous with that. You can use your touch as a way of expressing love to them. And you know, remember that whole oxytocin, serotonin, feel-good blend, that if you hug them for six seconds, you're gonna get something out of it too. So really, a hug is a win-win situation for everyone, even the hug haters. And so there's over seven trillion nerves in our bodies. And God, in his infinite wisdom, knew that each and every one of us would have our own personal needs and reasons for touch. And as with so many other things, God uses his son Jesus to demonstrate this for us. And of all the reasons that I could give you of why we need to share our touch, the best reason I can give you is our take-home point which is Jesus touched people and was touched by people. Jesus touched people and was touched by people. I'm gonna come back to that point in a little bit, so I just want that to kind of marinate right now. And I'm gonna share two stories from the Bible of Jesus touching and being touched. The first is the story of Jesus and the leper, and then the other one is the story of the bleeding woman. So the story of the leper is found in the book of Mark, a man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. 
I am willing, he said, be healed. Instantly, the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. The story of the bleeding woman is in the book of Luke. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding and she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. Everyone denied it, and Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, Someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Both stories, they not only show the love and compassion of Jesus, but the power of touch. You know, the fact that he touched either of them was huge because in Jewish custom, they were the untouchables. You didn't touch people like that without risking becoming untouchable yourself. You know, and in scripture for the leper, those who suffer from a serious skin disease must tear their clothing and leave their hair uncombed. They must cover their mouth and call out, unclean, unclean. As long as the serious disease lasts, they will be ceremonially unclean. They must live in isolation in their place outside the camp. And for the bleeding woman, if a woman has a flow of blood for many days that is unrelated to her menstrual period, or if the blood continues beyond the normal period, she is ceremonially unclean. As during her menstrual period, the woman will be unclean as long as the discharge continues, any bed she lies on and any object she sits on during that time will be unclean, just as during her normal menstrual period. And if any of you touch these things, you will be ceremonially unclean. You must wash your clothes and bathe yourself in water, and you will remain unclean until evening. So based on these laws and how closely the Jews adhered to them, imagine what life was like for this leper and for this bleeding woman. They were untouched, unwanted. And when the man asked Jesus to heal him, he said, if you are willing, because he didn't think that Jesus would be willing because I'm willing to bet that no one had been willing to touch him. But Jesus was willing, he was more than willing, and he saw that the man was experiencing more than just physical pain. He was experiencing emotional pain too. Because Jesus, he could have, he could have just spoken healing. You know, Jesus only needed to say a word and that man would have been healed but he chose to touch the man. And in that moment of healing, not only did Jesus physically touch the man, but he touched the man's heart. And the woman, she touched Jesus, not just physically by reaching out and touching the fringe of his robe. She touched his heart with this act of faith, so much so that he called her daughter. And this woman, who only moments ago had been considered you know, contaminated and unclean, was now feeling loved and accepted by Jesus. You know, and it wasn't, there was healing in his touch, but it wasn't just an act of healing. It was also an act of love, because Jesus saw them. He didn't just see their condition. 
and he loved them and touched them to show his love. You know, and when we look at people, do we see people or do we see their condition? Do we see their, their sin, their sickness, their circumstances, their political affiliation, their ideas, anything, anything but the person and, and their needs, what they need? Because people want to belong. You know, people want to have a place and touching people shows them that they're wanted, they're welcomed, they're accepted. And by physically touching them, Jesus was also touching their hearts. And we have the same opportunity because when we touch people, we also touch their hearts. So who are the unwanted and the untouchables in your life? And how can you touch them to make them feel wanted and welcomed and accepted? Because sometimes our words alone is not enough to make someone feel something or understand something. And sometimes our words combined with a hug or an arm around the shoulder might make someone feel something or understand something. And sometimes just our physical touch alone is more than enough to make someone feel something and understand something. And this is shown in the reunion of the father and his prodigal son. So he returned home to his father and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. You know, the dad, he could have just said, welcome home, I missed you. And he would have meant it wholeheartedly. But he embraced his son, and he kissed him. And as you read that line, you can almost feel the love, just imagining the joy on that father's face and, and the love that he had for his son and that embrace. I mean, how fierce would that hug have been? And that prodigal son in that moment, because of his father's touch, his heart must have been filled to bursting because his father's touch said so much more than words ever could. You know, when my boys were little, I would tell them I love them all the time and I would squeeze the guts out of them because they were so cute and squishy. Um, but they could never deny or doubt my love for them. I mean, it enveloped them in every sense. And now that they're, they're teenagers, it's not as easy to hug them. Um, a six-year-old boy is much more receptive to a hug from his mom than a 16-year-old boy. So how I touch my sons has to look different now. So let's return to the previous statement that Jesus touched people and was touched by people. You know, we've been talking about touch in the physical sense. Jesus physically touched people and people physically touched Jesus and we need to do the same thing. But it's not just our physical touch that we can give to people. We can also give our personal touch and that's also what Jesus did. He gave people his personal touch. And by them being touched in their hearts by him, he was touched in his heart by them. And, you know, since I can no longer physically touch my sons, I can give them my personal touch, which can show them just as much how I love them. Your personal touch, it's all the things that make you, you. Um, people that are believers, you know, we're called salt. So, 
imagine that your personal touch, it's your spice. It's your particular flavor. I mean, my spice is not your spice. We each have our own flavor, and we each have a unique opportunity to share our, our personal touch, our personal flavor with the world around us. I mean, your time, talent, treasure, and touch, they're all part of your personal touch. And we can touch the hearts of others when we give these things. And when we touch hearts, lives are changed. And remember that as followers of Jesus, the Holy Spirit resides in each of us. And so when we give our time, talent, treasure, and touch, some things can happen. I mean, first, we're simply giving back to God what has been given to us. And the really cool thing about when we do that is that God's math looks completely different than ours. You know, when we give something to him, he can just multiply it and stretch it and do things with it that we could never do on our own. We just have to give him what little we have and he can make so much out of that. And second, each time we are generous with our time, talent, treasure, and touch, we're giving people an opportunity to encounter Jesus through us. You know, just as Jesus, he physically touched the untouchables, we're able to touch the untouchables when we give our personal touch to people. I mean, I can't tell you how many times when I've talked with people, whether it's someone I know or sometimes someone I, I don't know, I'm meeting them for the first time, and I get that, I call it that Holy Spirit nudge. Some of you may have felt that before. And whenever I feel that nudge and I respond to it and I give my personal touch or my physical touch, whatever it is that that, that nudge is telling me to do, I get to see God in action. I get to see that someone had a need and God was using my touch to show God's love to that person. And just God is so good that, you know, in that moment, you're trying to bless someone else and you end up getting your heart touched. You end up getting a blessing. And third and finally, when we give our time, talent, treasure, and touch, we get to give people a glimpse of the kingdom of heaven. Because with the way this world works, you know, it takes these gifts that God has given us and it, it tells us to use them for earthly, temporary things. Um, you know, precious time is wasted on things that don't matter. Our talent is used for personal gain or fame. Treasure is spent on things that we really don't need and then we waste more precious time trying to acquire more money because there never seems to be enough or we can always find things to spend it on. And touch, sometimes it's just used for our own personal lust. And the enemy has been really successful at that, that he has been able to take these good and wonderful gifts that God has given us and has perverted them and, and made us to use them for things that God hasn't intended. But when we reject what the world is telling us, when we use these things as God intended for us, we're setting ourselves apart from the world. And you know, we're showing the world a different way, a better way, God's way. And I wanna read this because I don't wanna get it wrong, that to live a life of generosity isn't dependent upon whether we're rich or poor. 
It's dependent upon how we respond to what Jesus has done for us and what we decide to do with what has been given to us, no matter how much or how little by earthly standards. So don't put off living generously. You know, don't think to yourself, well, if I had more time, then I could do it. Or, well, you know, if I had more money or maybe once I pay some things off, then I can give more. Um, or if I was more talented, you know, I could do this or that. Don't buy into those lies. Because, friends, God will use anything and everything that you give him, that everything that you have. You just have to willingly give it to him. And I've seen him do this with my own life. This is why I can confidently say this to you because when I decided that I was all in, I knew that I had to give everything to Jesus, that I had to just give it all to him. And he has been so faithful that he has done things that I could have never done on my own and things that I couldn't have even imagined. And the thing is, I'm nothing special. There is nothing extraordinary about anything that I have given to him. But he is special, and he does extraordinary things with ordinary things. We just have to give it to him willingly. He's done it for me, and he will do it for you. Just give it all to him and watch what he'll do with it. So if you're willing to give it all to him, if you're willing to give your touch to this world, then you're ready to take today's next step, which is I will share my touch with others this week. And remember, when I say touch, it's not just you know, your physical touch or your personal touch, it's your time, talent, treasure, and touch. And as I was writing this message, you know, I was praying to God and I was asking him for his words and his guidance as I always do, and it got me thinking about prayer and how God responds to our prayer, and that sometimes he responds in just this miraculous, supernatural way that there's no explanation for. But I'd venture to say that more often than not, he answers prayers through each of us. And that made me think of this Matthew West song. You may be familiar with it. It's called Do Something. And I just wanted to share a little snippet of the lyrics with you. Well, I just couldn't bear the thought of people living in poverty, children sold into slavery. The thought disgusted me. So I shook my fist at heaven and said, God, why don't you do something? He said, I did. I created you. If not us, then who? If not me and you? Right now, it's time for us to do something. If not now, then when? Will we see an end to all this pain? It's not enough to do nothing. It's time for us to do something. When we give our time, talent, treasure, and touch, we are becoming the answers to people's prayers. God doesn't need us. God could just snap his fingers and answer someone's prayers and make it happen. But God loves us so much that he wants to partner with us. He wants to bring us into his plans and he wants to use us. And so when right now, you know, there's someone crying out that they don't know how they're going to feed their family. Right now there is someone who is alone that their family doesn't come around and see them. There's people who just are feeling so 
despairing and depressed and are just crying out to God, that's where we come in. That's where we get to answer these prayers. That's when we generously give our treasure that we're able to help that person who's afraid that they can't pay their bills, that they can't feed their family. That's when we give our time, our precious time, and we give our touch to that person who is so lonely, and we let them know that they're not alone and that they are loved, that they are welcomed, wanted, and accepted. We just, we have this opportunity to be a part of God's plans for people, and that just, it's so amazing. And the fact that we reject that call, that we don't want to do it because we don't think it's convenient or we want to hoard the things that God has given to us. But friends, when we give things to God, He is so faithful and He is such a good steward of the gifts that we give Him. You know, and God, He gave us the greatest gift of all, God sent his son onto this earth for us. And some people got to be physically touched by Jesus. And right now, we get to have our hearts touched by Jesus. And someday we will get to be physically touched by Jesus. But you have to accept him as your Lord and Savior. And some of you here today might not have done that yet. Don't put it off because you know we talk about how precious time is and it really is precious because the day you were born you were given a certain number of days and some people are given a lot of days and some people are given fewer days and we don't know where we fall in that and so we need to make the most of the time that we have and we need to realize what's coming after our time here on earth is done so if you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior yet. Make the decision today to just give it all to Him. Here at New Life, we say it's as simple as ABC. A means to admit. It means we admit that we're sinners. It means that we admit that we've taken these gifts that God has given to us and we haven't used them the way that He wanted us to. And B, we believe. We believe that Jesus is the Son of God. We believe that he is who he says he is. And we believe that he is our Lord and Savior. And C means that we confess. We confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And it also means that we commit to following him by the power of the Holy Spirit, because we need the Holy Spirit, because we can't do anything on our own. It really is the Holy Spirit within us that allows us to do the things that set us apart from this world. And that's it. It's as simple as that. It's not easy because we live in this fallen world. We live in a world where followers of Jesus are rejected, where we're encouraged to live against God's will. And sometimes we don't feel like giving our time, talent, treasure, and touch. You know, that as I said before, we, we hoard it. We, we get afraid that that there's not enough, that maybe there's only just enough for us and that we don't have any extra to give to others. But just remember God's math. He's gonna multiply it and do amazing things with it. So you just need to trust him. Trust him with your life and trust him with all that you have. So right now, if you're ready to trust him, 
I'm gonna pray a prayer of salvation. I'm gonna pray it as if I'm you, so you can either say it along with me or you can say it in your own words because it's not the words. I say this all the time because I feel like it's so important that there's not this magic formula that if you say these specific words, like that's it, you're good, you're in. That's not how it works. It's your heart. It's the intent of what you're saying. It's, it is the giving of your heart, the giving of your life, the realization, the acceptance that Jesus has come to save you and allowing him to be Lord of your life and being willing to serve him, not to be served, but to serve. And so if you're ready to do this, pray this with me. Heavenly Father, Lord, I admit that I'm a sinner and God, I have hoarded these gifts that you have given me, Father. Lord, you have been so generous and blessed me with so much. And Lord, I don't wanna live for myself anymore. I wanna take what you have given me and I wanna give it to others. And Father, I believe that you have touched my heart through your son, Jesus. Father, I believe that you sent him here for me. I believe that he died on that cross for me. And Father, I believe that he rose from the dead on the third day, just as he said he would, because you are so faithful and he is so faithful. And Lord, I commit to following him every day. And Father, I just ask for your Holy Spirit in my heart, in my life. Lord, fill me to overflow so that I can be salt in this world, that I can be the spice that you made me to be, Father that I can give those people around me a glimpse of who you are. And Father, I just thank you for this gift, this wonderful gift of your son, Jesus, that you so freely give to me, Father. And Lord, I just love you and I praise you through your son, Jesus, in his name.